0: Good evening, patriots, and it's Friday, February 25th in the year 2022, and this is Fishers of Men. There's a lot that's been going on, and it's pretty important that as we deconstruct narratives of our own media and try to look at the narrative from the other side that we also don't get swept up in this crazy fight that we're in, or that we're witnessing, which is ultimately a fight between two elite factions, and we're the meat in the middle of the sandwich. We're going to talk a lot about that here in just a few minutes. Before we begin tonight, we want to call out MyPillow, mypillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation landing page, and a company that we continue to support for all it does for this nation. And It's CEO that's literally one of the greatest CEOs and patriots of our time, Mike Lindell. MyPillow.com has all sorts of amazing savings. Your your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S, and right now there's an amazing sale on the classic MyPillow. Take a listen to this.
1: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and MyPillow. Well, during these times, your support has meant everything to us. So my employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly onto you. We're selling the best products ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have my standard size MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. Or you can get custom fit with my premium queen size MyPillows, regularly $79.98, now just $29.98. Or my king size regular $89.98, now just $34.98. So go to MyPillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive this exclusive offer. If you do it right now, I'm going to include a free gift with your purchase. Thank you, and God bless.
0: That's MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S. When you buy anything on this site right now using your promo code, you're going to get a free copy of Mike Lindell's book, the story of how he went from addict to being one of the greatest CEOs of our time. And that hero in that story is Christ. Also, TheFoundersBible.com. TheFoundersBible.com is your... um, is literally the Bible for our time. Your promo code there is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You can use that BARDS promo code at checkout in the coupon section to get 20% off on these Bibles. These are an heirloom-quality Bible printed in the United States with many of our founding fathers' dark documents worked within. It's a lesson in God's Word as well as a lesson in how our founding fathers used Scripture as a living language. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com is the coffee for Bards Nation. It's our branded coffee is literally a coffee for our time, designed by Dr. Eric Naputi. This coffee is engineered to give you that boost of energy you need and sustain that across the whole day while boosting your immune system and maintaining mental clarity. In addition to Expedition Coffee, you will also find on expeditioncoffee.com, that's X-P-E-D, you will also find... The Gut Health Triad, which will help heal and seal your gut. You will find immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a full body nutrient powder. Mix it with water. Drink it like a shake. It's what you, your body needs for the full day. And you have Pure 47, which is probably one of the most important products to have in your cabinet. That's the most refined silver extract currently on the market. It can isolate so many pathogens and keep them, your body safe while boosting your immune system. All of this is designed to take back our health sovereignty and to keep us away from the medical institutions that lately seem to be designed more to kill us than to heal us. So again, Expedition, Expedition, ExpeditionCoffee.com. So I want to play a clip I played last night. It's one minute and 41 seconds. And I think it's important to keep this in context to what we're witnessing on many levels right now and then we're going to dig into kind of what the real
1: fight is so stand by there's a crisis in the white house what's the crisis and the president's top advisors have been called together oh jeez now washington's top spin doctor has an idea
2: we can't afford a
1: war we're gonna have the appearance of a war but he can't pull it off without Hollywood's top producer. Uh, Do I know you? We have some mutual friends in Washington. Why come to me? We want you to produce. You want me to produce your war? Not a war, it's a pageant. We need a theme, a song, some visuals. We need, you know, it's a pageant. New Line Cinema presents all the drama. The president's gonna go to war with Albania in about 30 minutes. And all the effects of real war. Okay, put the the village behind her. Give me some sound of screaming. without the casualties. America has seldom witnessed a more poignant picture. From Academy Award-winning director Barry Levinson. When
0: this goes national, I get to put it on my resume? Actually, no. What, what could
1: they do to me? They come home to your house and kill you. Academy Award winner Dustin Hoffman. This is politics at its finest. Academy Award winner Robert De Niro. How would you like an ambassadorship? That's my payoff. I just do it for a story to tell. Oh, no, you couldn't tell anybody. Listen, I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, you can tell no, 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 it's just a, it's a, it's, it's a pageant. It's a pageant, that's what it is. Wag the dog. Who's got the story? I
3: don't you want to know if it's true? What difference does it
1: make if it's true? It's a story and it breaks. They're going to have to run with it. How long we got till it breaks? Front page, Washington Post tomorrow. Just got to distract. One video of one bomb, Mr. Moss. The American people bought that war. Mm-hmm. War is show business.
0: And war is show business. And that's really what we're seeing a lot in Ukraine. So I've spent quite a bit of time this last week kind of deconstructing the Western narrative, which obviously we always know is crazy. We're looking very closely at the motives this last week, which included 15 or so bioweapon labs funded by U.S. dollars, NIH, and DOD money, which once again is changing a lot of the optic on where our accountability is, and our accountability is huge, keeping in mind that it was also our money, NIH, DOD money, that developed this issue in Wuhan, and it's been the American labs that have developed the mRNA injection. So I think we're starting to get a pretty good picture on the culpability that we as a nation have. And it's a hard pill to swallow when you start thinking about this because we're actually, at this point, as a nation, our companies have been accountable for hundreds of thousands of deaths and millions of injuries worldwide. And that takes a lot of shine out of the image of the United States. And that's something we're going to have to really come to grips with. And it's something that you will, we have to do as a nation. We can't brush it under the rug, can't ignore how we got here, can't blame it on Fochi, even though he's partly responsible, but he's not just the fall guy. There's a lot of hands involved in how we got here. And in order to get out of this, we're all going to have to face this and walk the truth to get to the core of who was accountable and who was culpable. It just has to happen that way. And that's going to include a lot of people. And I say these things because this is going to offend a lot of people as we go forward. This line especially now that we've seen kind of the we're seeing the re-rise of Q and the re-rise of truth social and MAGAs all kind of coalescing together the problem is that we can't judge one if we aren't going to judge all fairly so it's fine to blame fochi but who put fochi in power who allowed fochi to have the reins who has authorized the EOs that have got us to where we are, all these things that we've talked about. And these are discussions that have to be had. But we also have to keep in mind that a lot of what we're witnessing in terms of our emotional response and trying to generate our emotional response is very much like wag the dog. Because while this thing is going on over in Ukraine and whatever the motives are, which appear to be, in part at least, the removal of the bioweapons labs. The real war was waging up in Canada, and the Canadian people won a big victory, and no one's paying any attention to it. Well, I have. We have here. But it's a very important thing to remember. What happened in Canada is what I've been saying, and it's, it's being reinforced with many articles now is that as the people moved forward and they woke up and they unified and they came together, Canadians fought back hard. And as the banks started to take money from Canadians, Canadians withdrew something like 500% more money each day than has ever been withdrawn. And the banks started screaming bloody murder. The Canadian movement, the freedom movement in Canada, Disrupted the timeline of the cabal. It's so important to appreciate this. Whatever Putin's timeline is, and whatever he's involved in, that's a war between elites. And however you want to look at that, that's still war, and people are there are people that are going to die out of that. In Canada, that's a people's movement that was built completely around peace and love, and standing boldly for, for liberty. And it's a good reason they don't want you paying attention to it. And that hand puppetry that gets you looking away, we don't get a chance to appreciate, at least not enough people are appreciating, the massive win that Canada had. And that win was they put the banks in a mass stress mode. And the banks are the criminal enterprise behind most of what we're dealing with. And so as the corporate masters pushed little Castro up there to start shutting down and using tyranny against people and using their powers that they had built in with their AI tracking systems and their account account systems to be able to get into people's accounts, tell banks to shut them down. Somewhere in there, somebody missed the calculus that people still have a choice. And Canadians did a brilliant job of executing that choice and then stressing the bank system. So immediately the COVID passes are withdrawn. The mask mandates are falling. You're seeing it happen everywhere because there's a real recoil of what potentially can happen. The Americans could do the same thing and would do it very quickly if they were pushed too far. And the system that they're in right now, though it's fragile, they're not ready for it to break. And that's pretty evident by, by the evidence that's out there. And a lot of that evidence is that they just recently, they, they, meaning the World Economic Forum, the WEF, just recently awarded the contract for the new QR code system that will be the basis for the digital ID. That that contract just went to Deutsche Telekom, so it hasn't been fully developed and, unir- and standardized yet. Canada has announced that it's developing with a white paper that was just released, it's digital banking pass or digital pass, a universal pass, but it's not a COVID pass. And many countries around the world just aren't ready to release this pass. And the thing is, they need the pandemic. And they need the fear to be able to justify keeping people locked down, continuing to break businesses. And they need the obedience of the people and fear to be able to roll out these next phases. And obviously, COVID passes and the injections are a critical part of this. So while Ukraine's going on, and that show is going on there, which is really all a show for the most part. And I can justify what Putin does, but I've said all along, don't trust any of these leaders fully, because at the same time, this is a war between elites, and we're just that refuge on the side of the road that they want to rule over. What's important is to see what's going on at the same time, which one of the big things going on right now is what's going to happen. And I mentioned in previous show, I thought it was March 19th. It's actually March 1st. The new rules at the WHO are being instituted with its 190 members that allow the World Health Organization to assume control over full nation's operation in a pandemic. So you can see that with that and, and Bill Gates' recent release of a video, there is a Whole concept that they're pushing forward now with maintaining a constant flow of the pandemic that is reinforced with the new bio labs that they're installing in in at Kansas State University to study bovine and large animal viruses. They've created an industry now, and this industry is to its problem solution. Problem, reaction, solution. So they'll create the problem, they'll promote the reaction, and then they'll create the solution. And it's all going to be centered around this invisible enemy, this virus that's constantly going to be moving. And to be very honest with you, I'm, I'm at a point right now where I think I would encourage everybody to be, which is to be highly suspicious of anybody in the political spectrum. And I think everybody that's been here is, knows that I'm pretty much there now because there's nobody speaking out against stopping the injection. Nobody's calling out the DOD for their this bioweapons lab. I mean, I don't know where that that's been mute, mute on the whole political spectrum. And it should be a massive investigation, but it's not. And I think people are so overwhelmed with still the whole concept of COVID and these other events that they're not able to see clearly down into the core of the events that are actually happening. And we need to so it's, it's a real challenging time right now, and they're going to keep these narratives flying. But as I always say, when you pivot back and the place you need to be is not in the headlines of the news, that's the details that we, to keep, your, or keep your eyes on the narrative shifts. But at the end of the day, our true walk is with God in that, that line that we have in, in knowledge and faith. And those are the two rocks, or perhaps the one rock that we walk on, a combined rock of knowledge and faith that as we do, we're able to keep a pretty true azimuth on what's going on. Our countries, for the most part, have been dissolved. And I, and it's very hard, I think, for many to wrap their head around that piece. We were dissolved quite some time back with the relation, with the treaties that have been signed over the rights to the nation's control to the United Nations, we're trying to fight back to reclaim what we have. And so part of that is going to take us as people on a local level to do just that. We're going to have to be very defiant. We're going to have to be very ungovernable. We're going to have to take very good, very significant control over our counties. And we're going to have to really work hard at a local level to create. Sovereignty as much as we can. And that's going to require a number of things. It's going to require that each individual takes much more responsibility. That's the seven pillars of county by county. And each individual is going to have to work with the neighbors and people within their community to establish a position within their county that a county sheriff, along with the county commission and an information system within the county gets people aware that the state has to get out of our business, the federal has to get out of our business, and we're going to have to hold strong. Because they're going to want to leverage and force people not to comply. And it can't be one action. It has to be a number of counties uniting together. Because effectively, we are now at war for our own sovereignty. And that's not a small thing. And so part of that is we have to get to a place where we have to begin with a true understanding and appreciation of where that war is going to be won. It's a spiritual war. I truly believe that we're being led in a way, and I'm reinforcing that with the announcement I made at the end of the show, in the previous show, and that is that we now have a stronghold, a foothold, if you will, a starting point, maybe would be a better point, for Bards Nation. As I mentioned in the previous show, a a close friend of mine who absolutely loves the whole vision of Bards Nation, what it represents, the idea of creating a breakaway economy, the idea of stimulating small business, of creating an alternate network to trade goods, the idea of sovereignty at this home level and on up to build, strengthen counties, all of the vision of Bards Nation the county-by-county county model, the center point that everything begins with God first, putting God back on the throne. This person is a powerful Christian, and so we've worked together, and a piece of property has been secured of 80 acres as it was done today, which is now the headquarters for Bards Nation. And that's where Bards Nation will have our barts Fest, and we will move out from there. And the entire principle of this is that we're using this as a, as a learning lab and a, and a living experiment, so to speak, to be able to bring people together, to share ideas as in a think tank, to build build out the studios in there so there's communication systems, there's, there's production facilities as we move forward, because information is the critical component, information and learning. We're going to be creating over this next year you know, a regular quarterly newsletter, a learning newsletter. We have the Bards Fest, but we're also going to be doing events to train people to take leadership in their communities based on the principles of sovereignty and doing this legally through the system that reclaim our sovereignty across this nation. And it is essential that we have a starting point. And so, you know, this is why I'm very excited about this, and this is truly God's hand that brought this all together on so many levels. And it's going to take that initiative as we move forward for many, many communities to start doing working together to accomplish an end where we're becoming self-sufficient, more self-reliant, less and less dependent on the corporate system. And because the corporate system is working at overtime right now to force people into a channel of forbidding cash and ultimately forcing people to comply to a digital system where your money is all digital and they have complete control over everything that you do. That's the social credit score. So why we spent, I've spent probably the last three shows looking at Ukraine and Russia just to try to untangle that narrative. The real powerful story of when was the Canadians, as they were really fighting their true fight, which is against the digital passport, and try to reclaim their sovereignty. And that's another fight we have to have. And it's important to realize and take a look at the landscape of how many politicians, I mean, all of them, don't exclude any of them, and ask yourself how many of these politicians, or soon-to-be politicians, or people trying to have rallies to promote their position so they can become a politician, how many of them are speaking out against the digital passport? How many are telling you that the injection has to stop immediately? Who is calling for trials and accountability of those that created the injection that are killing people? And for whatever reason, there's there's a hesitation for any of these people out there to say anything like that. I'm not going to accuse them of being bought off, but it sure looks that way. And part of this problem I have is that there is a real lack of understanding of the accountability, in my opinion, of of God. They'll tell you things like, you know, pray to Jesus, walk with Christ, pray to God. But I don't know where God would be encouraging a digital passport that's going to enslave his children. I don't know where God would be encouraging an injection that has a high probability of leaving you with permanent DNA damage. And this is my problem because it's like, I'm good with God, except that I believe I don't want to push the system because we'll fix it within the system, but God's cool. No, God's not cool. God is father. He's God. He's on the throne above us all. And we're accountable to that. Two Chronicles seven fourteen. By the way, I do need to make a note. i Offhandedly referenced this last night, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned two Corinthians. And I apologize because this is the verse that I was referring to, and in my talk I didn't have it before me, and I referenced this verse as two Corinthians. So I apologize. That is that was not intended. But anyway, two Chronicles seven fourteen and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. I, I truly feel that at Bardsfest last year, and if I look back on what we accomplished, we accomplished something very, very significant. Because at the center point of Bardsfest was what God led. And what God led was to repent. And we did. And we've repented a number of times as a group for the nation. And I believe that set a precedent of what we were going to be able to do going forward. And I have to say that as a movement, Bards Nation, and as we move forward as Bards Nation, which is just the collective name that we're under, but as we move forward as children of God, we have to stay committed to the process of repenting. The challenge we have right now, and I would encourage everybody to put this to prayer, is that it's a general sense of what are we repenting, I think we have to really ask father, what it is that we need to repent for. There's a litany of things this nation has got its hands in that are just horrible. Whether it's the use of fetal tissue to create flavors in drinks, whether it's abortion itself, which is just a sacrifice to their God ball, whether it's the wars that we've been we've instituted to slaughter whole cultures in the name of, in his name, and even worse, for the purposes of gaining access to resources or something like that. Or whether it's just the outright lies and deceit that we live in under every day, that over one million children that go disappearing every year. I mean, this is a very serious, these are very, very serious and dark issues in our nation. And. It's something that I think that as we come to grips with how dark things are, and I have to just be honest, I mean, they are, uh, these are some dark times in, in the sense of when we look very deeply at our at our country, and I think with that, we're going to have to get very honest and find ourselves sitting there very much on our knees before God to ask for forgiveness for much of What has transpired. And it isn't so much that every one of us did that or is accountable for every single thing, but we do share this. And it is something that at some point we have to take a position to say that we will repent. Again, the biggest challenge of a lot of this is what are we repenting? And I we do repenting as a broad catch all. And we'll continue to work in that process. But I would encourage people to pray to see what's revealed here. And to see what Father is looking at. Key in this phrase, in 2 Chronicles seven thirteen to 14, or actually 14, but my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face. We brush over that comment. And then it says, turn from their wicked ways. It's rather profound, actually, in the order of wording. Because how often have we asked Father to stand before us and let us see his face? Or allow us to stand before him and see his face? Think about that word, to seek my face. It's in those very powerful and intimate moments that I think things become inordinately clear. And the concept of what we are looking at as a nation, we have to gain clarity in our process here to repent as a nation because it has to be sincere. Here's, here's a simple example. I'm sorry. And you're like, okay, what are you sorry for? I'm sorry. Now, if I say, you know what, I'll just use last night. I apologize last night. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to misquote to Chronicles 7, 14, instead I, met, I mentioned to Corinthians. You understand what my apology is for. It's very specific. In an, In allowing Father to work more boldly in this nation, I think, and I'm not going to tell you that there is one answer to this either, but I think each of us has to be pretty clear in our heart what God's calling us to repent for. And I think God will tell us. I think if we pray on it, it will reveal itself. But our nation needs to be reset. And we can go, like I said, a litany of things. I could spend probably half an hour in a prayer trying to just list the things that we know of, and that just touches the surface. Obviously, right up the top is just the all of our minds of what we've seen happen and what we've allowed happen in our country to our children. which in itself is a pretty profound thing when you think about it as a nation. And just just this little sidebar on this, but how did we get to a place in a nation where school board members can dictate what's going to happen to a parent's child? How do we get to a place in the country where over a million children go missing every year and nobody says anything about it? It's bad enough that we have I don't know how many tens of thousands or more of abortions every month. That's one horrible thing. But how did we get to a place where the physical disappearance of children has become so commonplace? Here's a simple little snapshot of it. How many times have you been, if you have been, and I don't shop here much, but it always stuns me when I have gone into Walmart, how there is always a wall of missing kids. And it's like it's no big deal. It's like the kid on the back of the milk carton, but this one's on a full wall. And you're like, oh, look, there's Johnny and Susie and Freddie. And I mean, how did we get to that place? And how did we get to such a place that it is so common that children are disappearing that we just, eh, just another one? I, I, why are we not questioning? Why are we not demanding answers? And we run into a no or we run into, we get into a place where we bump into a wall on this and you'll say like, well, I need, you call the police, for example, and they say, well, we'll investigate it. Okay, well, great, but what does that mean? Well, and then if you press them, you're going to hear things like, well, we have, this goes into our missing children's list. We don't really know what happened to them. How does that happen? I mean, seriously. How does that happen in a nation? A million children, and I'm not exaggerating on these numbers, by the way. I've done this research. I don't know if you are aware, but there, if you ask, you go to a federal database, you're going to get to know exactly how many drunk drivers there are per year. You're going to know how many rapists there are in this nation and how many sexual predators at least registered there are. You can find out how many break-ins there were. You can find out how many violent crimes there were. But tell me why we don't have a central database for how many children go missing. You have to literally go state by state at some point, county by county. I did this research about a year and a half ago. And I, my jaw was just gaping open when I got the numbers. I'm like, this can't possibly be. And depending on how I did the numbers, one set of numbers was 784,000 children per year. Another number was well over a million, depending on how I calculated There's a couple of variances in this. It's not exactly perfect science because of the way they do the data. So how does that work? How does that work that children just disappear like that and people are reported and we can't find a million kids? We, we somehow seem able to find a single terrorist on the entire globe of seven and a half million people. We can identify them, track them with a drone, and launch a missile from altitude of like 20,000 feet and hit them in a moving vehicle driving down the road. Just pointing that out. We somehow are able to identify... Somebody that doesn't take an injection, but we can't find a million kids? If that doesn't smell of something horrible and more corrupt than anything you've ever imagined, it's time to rethink this entire thing. Where are these children? even again, I mean, some of the parents are so shamed that they can't even speak out. I'm not, I don't even know where all the million parents are, but I'd sure like to know that too. And this is what the media will tell you. Well, is, and I trust me, I've done this research. Not all those numbers are actually true. Some of those have to do with abductions between marriages and, and, and I'm like, okay, so some of them, but your number is a million or, or so per year. Are you telling me there's been a million fathers if we start doing the math on this, and I'm dead serious what I'm saying here. Start doing the math. If Let's just take the father model. Well, some fathers are abducting their kids. Okay, so you're telling me every year a million parents, a million divorced fathers are taking their kids every year. That doesn't add up. This is going on year after year. That's 10 million kids in a decade. To put that in real numbers, that's the size of the city. In the city limits, that's the size of New York City. Where are those children? Portland, Oregon has 780,000 people in its city limits, 1.2 million in the suburbs included what they call Portland metro area, that's 10 Portlands. Stunning. And as a country, we are not saying or doing anything about it. So I would definitely say that somewhere in our repentance, that's probably ranking near the top. In that repentance, there's an accountability as well. If every single person took the time to go about looking at these numbers, I think, I mean, people would be stunned if they were willing to take the time to do the research. And it does take time. I don't know. I mean, this is one of these things. When I go through the, I look at our country. I, I, ref, it all leads me from different points. I mean, I, I end up here because I'm looking at, today looking at 15 bioweapons labs, and I'm going, okay, those some of those are a level four, some of those are a level three bioweapons lab. What in the hell are we doing with that many bioweapons labs in Ukraine? And then that leads you to this next little dark thing. It's like, okay, but Maria Skoronovich or whatever her name is, the the um, spirit cooker, as I played yesterday, is literally talking about Ukraine, that we're all in this together in Ukraine, right? And she's siding with Ukraine so you know that whatever that is, I mean just listen to this clip real quick
3: My name is Marina Abramovich I was born in Yugoslavia a country which thrived on the cultures from the west and Russia from the east Last years I work in Ukraine and I get to know the people there. They're proud, they're strong, and they're dignified. I have a full solidarity with them in this impossible day. Attack to Ukraine is attack to all of us, is attack to humanity, and have to be stopped.
0: Says Lucifer's right hand. I mean seriously, how do we get here to a place? Why that thing? This why I'm bringing this up is in this particular moment. Is not even about Ukraine. I don't think most people realize that Ukraine has a policy that anybody around the world can adopt children from the Ukraine orphanages. Most countries have a limitation. On being able to adopt kids. They usually say that it has to be internal. It's a very easy process. There's a whole international law group they're constantly adopting the kids. So they're again like, okay, you're adopting kids from Ukraine and we're losing a million kids here. What's going on? And we're not looking at this perspective. And when I come back to repentance, I'm like, man, that's like an That's like a millstone around the neck of the entire nation. And that in itself should have every one of us at a point of really getting on our knees before God, that alone. Because if we truly want to follow the principle of damage to God's children, that's a millstone issue. And Spite, and so we spend our time, we get spun up on these things of election fraud and we get spun up on inflation and whether hand puppet Joe is a real president or even the digital ID stuff. And, I, and all these things are important to be aware of, but we, we don't come back enough to the one principal issue. Where are the damn kids? What are they doing with them? Because I'll tell you what, the mystery of this nation will be unlocked when we solve that mystery right there. All roads will lead to wherever those children are. And whatever's happening to those children will reveal the true heart of this nation. And we need to find the answer. It's not enough to conjecture, have conjecture on it. We need to find the answer. And we need to know how they're disappearing. That needs to be looked at at such a big way. Because I'm going to tell you, when you start to solve that problem, and we do that as a collective people, humanity of this nation, the humanity of the world, but in particular this nation, I think we're arriving at probably the core of our repentance. Because we're going to be looking truly at one of the most precious things God has given us. I cannot believe the layers of things we're dealing with with kids either. I mean, it, it's, a want, it's an open war against children right now with this injection. An open war in breaking their souls with these mask issues. Retarding their development. It's an open war on children with CRT. And it's an open war with children on all the other crazy methods of instruction that they do. They're being indoctrinated into a system so that they can be pliable and controllable. By the system. They're lucky to even get to school because their parents, so many parents are being pushed to the point of aborting. That in itself is stunning because this is like the most incredible moment ever is the moment of conception. There's literally, as we have seen on film, there's literally literally a flash of light. As the sperm and the egg meet, there's literally a moment of a flash, it's truly creation. And that created moment, precious moment, is then sucked out by a vacuum or something later on or destroyed by some after-hours after, after hours pill. This this is heinous. And I, and I didn't even intend to be here tonight. I think God's just leading me here. I'm just very honest because I didn't intend to go down this rabbit hole, but the more that I go down it, I'm just sitting here and talking tonight just like, my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways. Uh, Yeah, Lord, we've got some. And that white elephant, that big elephant in the middle of the room is kids. And so when we water and pare down when we literally water and pare down what we're doing as a nation, I think it's been, it just reveals itself. Like we follow the trail of the children. We find the answer of how to fix this country, literally. And that is such an easy statement that I just said, and it's so profound and it's so obvious find out what's happening to the children, we know how to fix this country. So when we start talking about resetting and the efforts to reset this nation with this gift that's been given with this small piece of property to start a vision for resetting the nation, an incubator, at the core of this thing has to be a value of children. We did it right at Bardsfest, because we we made it for families. And it, one of the most, some of the most precious things there were the, the experience of watching, for me, watching families bring their children to that event. And we to see children so engaged in so many levels, that was the idea. It was stunning. But Patriots, we have to get, to the core of the rot of this nation. It's bad enough that we've cast our elderly off and we do that willfully and we just accept that as a as a dead class. You know, I I've told you I'm I'm ensuring that my parents will never go to a home. I will take care of them until they're in. They're eighty five. They're in great health, by the way. My mom says to me the other night, she says, or the other day, she says, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, what's up? She says, I, you can't regret anything. I said, why do you say that? She says, we're getting older. We're changing. We're going to get a little slower. I don't want you to have any regrets of taking care of us. I said, are you kidding me? I said, I've been blessed with being able to travel the world. I've been blessed to be able to come back now. I've been blessed to be in a place where I have, I'm have. i doing well. I have the ability to take care of you. This is the greatest time of my life. That value we have to reset. But even before then, we can't even have parents if we're not going to be protecting our kids. And so it's not, it's the newborn, it's the, it's the vulnerable, we have a responsibility collectively among us to do just that. And I think as we sit and repent, as we should and as we must, it's a, it's a flashing beacon before me that you can't fix a nation. You can't start a, something new until you commit, and not only ask for forgiveness, but commit to making sure that the children will be safe. That falls on each and every one of us. So, if we aren't each and every one of us digging to find out these answers and pressing our local authorities and pressing... We may not get the answers out of them, but they need to know that we're aware of it. We don't even talk about it enough. And it's, I would say it's, you know, what I witnessed with this thing with Canada, which really irritated me, and you've heard me talk about it, is how so few people were paying attention to Canada. And that was an active event. This one has been a legacy event. I'm still trying to wrap my head around how many, how we can lose this many kids each year. And all the theories can abound, but we don't have answers. That's the thing. We have all sorts of answers, theories. We have theories of kids being sacrificed ritually. We have theories of dumbs, deep underground. Actually, dumbs is the wrong term because dumbs literally is deep underground military base. That's the wrong term. It is, we have... Concepts of underground storage of kids. We've heard all sorts of rumors. We've heard, we've seen at least suggested evidence that children have been used by a lot of the wealthy. We we were learning more and more about the global trafficking of kids, but we don't have hard numbers. We don't have, we haven't built the case. And I'm just trying to think as we it's one thing to be un, uh, to not know about a problem, but we all know this problem. And I'm even asking myself this question. What am I going to say before God? Uh, Scott, what did you do about the kids? Well, did you know about the children? Yes, I did, Father. What did you do about it? Ask yourself that question. What are you going to say to Father when you stand before him? And, and that's part of it because we all live here. We all live in this country. And it isn't something that we should be bowing our head to. It's something we should be lighting that righteous fire in and saying, we need to do something about this. And it isn't just like today. I mean, it's every day. We need to be solving this problem. If we had a million people activated to dig and to look and to search and start finding this answer, we would probably discover it. I'm not telling you we're going to like what we find. but Patriots, we're not fixing this country until we fix that problem. The elderly is something that we personally can change in a behavioral issue. Our parents, they're taking care of them. That's that's, and making sure they don't get stuck in homes, that's a behavioral issue. But we're losing a million kids a year. If that's a behavioral issue, then what's happening to them? What, are people eating them, throwing them away? I don't know, I don't, I'm not, and I'm not being snarky. But that's not a behavioral issue. Something else is going on. I don't know what it is. But if we're getting a million children a year being abducted and sold and trafficked, where did the, I'm going to go back to this. If you're losing a million a year, it's not going to take long before you have enough children to occupy the size of a city of New York. That's 10 years. Where are those 10 million kids? And that's just the last decade. Where is the city? Where is the facility that's housing 10 million children? And right there is a mission. That's the mission in my opinion, probably the core issue, and it will probably clear up for all of us, but I would say it is, if we put that to prayer, I have a pretty good idea that that's going to be pretty clear and Father's going to make it pretty clear that that needs to be solved. Because I don't know how you can heal a nation if you can't even figure out where your children are going, let alone valuing them enough to make sure it never happens again. And it's not whether we find them alive or dead. It I mean, obviously that's painful, but we just need to get to the first step of how are they disappearing and where are they going. Because you can't fix a problem if you don't know where it's coming from. So I'm putting that out to everybody. It's not a challenge. I just I feel God put that on my heart tonight heavily and unexpectedly tonight. Because I've been asking this question for days. I'm just being clear about this. I've been reading 2 Chronicles 7, 13, 14 for days. And I've been putting it to prayer. And I've been asking, Father, how do we repent? What do we need to repent for in the nation? And I think we found the answer tonight. And I'm happy it was here that you heard it. Because that right there is the core of the beast. And it will give us insight into who we are, what we are as a nation, and it will challenge us to either rise and fix it or fall and burn like we should if we don't. A little heavy tonight, but its I think sometimes it just has to be. Our children are precious. On a positive note, we have an amazing dad in amongst us. She goes by Punky. She ran one of the finest children's daycares at Bars Fest I'd ever seen. Children were alive and happy. They were occupied the whole time. That's the love that we have in this community. The passion that we have for the children in our lives. And that's what one of the things that has really shown me just how wonderful and beautiful Bart's nation is. We've got to light that fire of righteousness now amongst all of us. We have to solve this problem because no one else is. And we can't keep talking about somehow there's mystery people rappelling down into caves to find whatever. Maybe that's true. But what I do know is all that becomes a story until we solve the problem and we find the proof. So, Bard's Nation, listen. It's us or no one. And there's children's lives at stake, and there's a repentance for the nation sitting before us. And I really think that God wants an answer, and he wants to see some action. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this has been a bit of a heavy talk tonight, and when something like that happens, and we believe truly we're hearing your voice tonight, we put ourselves humbly before you, and we do repent and ask for forgiveness for this nation, for what has happened to our children. I'm muddling through a conversation tonight, Lord, that is no, has no elegance, eloquence that you would give. And forgive me for that. I'm, I'm trying to struggle with words, to put words to a loss of your greatest gift. I'm trying to put words to the pain that that extols on all of us. I'm trying to put words to this callousness that every one of us seems to have is just accepting somehow or turn, turning our back to the loss of hundreds of thousands of kids each year. I, I can hardly say it, Lord. And that's not even counting the abortions. Lord, I, I don't know how a nation can continue when it doesn't care enough about its children to seek the answers to those that go missing and to continue to have the tolerance to have the unborn slaughtered before they get a chance, the gift that you give us. And yet I feel in my heart that you're giving us an opportunity to save this nation. So, Lord, I, I, I'm i here, and I think many are joining me tonight. And though I can't speak for the many, I can speak for myself. I'll take the burdens of the sins of this nation on my shoulder, and I ask for forgiveness for all that has passed. I ask for the forgiveness of the destruction of children, the slaughter of the innocent, And I, I ask and I pray for mercy for our nation that has done the most heinous of things. Lord, as we follow this path, I equally pray that you can lead the many of us to find the answer. To stop just accepting these unfounded narratives of the disappearance of kids like it's an offhanded thing to quit writing the stories as if someone else is magically fixing it. We don't know. But what we do know is we need to find out. And it needs to come to an end. Lord, I'm openly sitting before you tonight. My heart is open and I'm transparent. I don't even know where we go here. I don't know how we energize this topic to where it becomes a fire that burns within our soul, but it must. And I don't know how as a group of people that come before you every day, what it will take for us to stand up and find these answers and hold those accountable. But Lord, I'll say these words, send me. It is time. And send all those that choose to walk into this place and stand with this line and guide us, Lord, to what we need to do and how we will find this answer to reveal this truth to the world, to ourselves, to our fellow countrymen, and to put an end to this atrocity. And there, Lord, I truly believe that we can find grace And I pray that you can give us grace and give us mercy as a nation. But I, for one, tonight will take that responsibility on my shoulders to help lead others and myself to that. And I ask all those that are here this, that seek the same, to stand and do the same. We need to find this answer, Father. Forgive us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This isn't one of these things I say lightly tonight. I think we talk a lot sometimes about prayers and lifting prayers for this or that. That I truly am just telling you what's on my heart tonight. I didn't even expect this. I had prepared something completely different. But when that happens, I just feel it's a true voice of father. And I know that I can, I'm telling you just, you'll have to take me at my word for this. This is serious. This is no gameplay. This isn't like we're going to get like, oh, that's okay. You messed up. We'll, we'll, we'll let it go. I, I really think the nation's at the balance, sitting in the balance of this answer. And either we seek to solve it and start solving it, or I don't think we're coming back. And I don't mean that like, oh, we're all going to get sucked into some pit. I just don't think Father's going to let the nation continue. And biblically, that proves true. He has shuttered whole nations before because they haven't been loyal to him. This is our gut check. And I think we're going to have to make some hard decisions So, there's a reason Bart's nation is here, and there's many reasons. But I just find the timing of this profound. On the day that it is official that there is now a space for Bart's nation to have a footprint, a foothold, an anchor in this world to start building out, is a day that we end up. I end up feeling so compelled to share this tonight. And overwhelmed almost. By it. I, I'm going to listen. I hope you do too. We've got to do something. All right Patriots. Thank you. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never, re- Never relent. Always press into this fight. We've got to drill in our prayers. We've got to hone them in and focus on what this is. We have got to solve the problem of this with our children. We have to get them back. We have to get this ended. You can't be a nation if we can't protect and ensure the future of our children. God is with us and he'll never forsake us. And God does win this. And we will win this with him. But our mission is here and now. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Have a very blessed night. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. And then No Bended Knee on Sunday. And of course, fishers, each night. So until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Sincerely, thank you. And out for now.
2: The